Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio, our third segment in, uh, in this hour. And for those of you who are just tuning in, thanks for listening. This is Solid Steps Radio. We are a show for men by men, <laughs> talking about stuff that men don't typically talk about, being a husband, being a father, walking with God, living out your destiny, all that fun stuff. And um, we are talking today, the first two segments, we talked about something that is not on most people's radar of conversation in this busy life that we're in about having what's called a desert day, not a dessert day where you eat a bunch of desserts, but a desert day where you get out away from the busyness of life and get alone. And for those people who are just tuning in or for those people who have been listening who still are fighting this tooth and nail, <laughs> why, why have a desert day? Well, you know, Richard Foster says our adversary, our enemy majors in three things, noise, hurry, and crowds. Mm. And he, I think he's I think he's spot on. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna read uh, the quote I, I read in the last segment because I think it's so powerful. Superficiality is the curse of our age. The doctrine of instant satisfaction is a primary spiritual problem. The desperate need today is not for a greater number of intelligent people or gifted people, but for deep people. And the only way we can get deep is is hear God's voice and and have the strength and the the uh, the perspective of of the Lord God. I mean, uh, you know, in Psalm forty six ten it says, "Be still, know that I am God." But earlier, the first verse of that it says, "God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in our times of need." And and so, how how do we get help? How do we get His strength? How do we get His power? Well, we have to be still. Mm. We have to get alone. What what did Jesus do? Do he he got alone over and over again? He got alone, and um, I, I love uh, what Foster also says. You know, when, when you think about a desert day, a, a day of being alone, Christian meditation very simply is the ability to hear God's voice and obey His word. Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, when he was asked why he meditated, he replied, "Because I'm a Christian." I mean, he, meditation and, be, and just being a Christian, being silence and solitude and being alone, having that desert day experience. Uh, Soren Kierkegaard, the philosopher, once observed, and he says, a man was praying, and at first he thought that prayer was talking, but he became more and more quiet until in the end he realized that prayer is listening. And Foster goes on to say in his book, um, celebration of discipline we come to the scripture to be changed not to amass information so we we, we go to these desert days these, these times of alone to to be transformed and then he goes on to say that uh, through the blessed holy spirit we are expecting jesus to be our living and ever present teacher i think when we hear meditation in our american culture we think eastern meditation and we think the emptying of your mind and the and the, uh, the chanting and the kind of that Zen state that you hear people mm-hmm. talk about in certain religions and Buddhism and things of that nature. But medita- I heard someone say meditation is not emptying our mind, but filling it with the truth of who God is and, and his word. Yeah, li- li- listen to this. When we think about having a desert day, um, in Psalm 119, verse 15, I meditate on your precepts. Verse 23, your servant will meditate on your decrees. Verse 27, I will meditate on all your wonders. He goes on to say, 
uh, in verse 48, I meditate on your decrees. Verse 78, but I will meditate on your precepts. Uh, 97, I meditate on it all day long. Verse 99, I meditate on your statutes. I mean, just over and over right. again, there's this principle of, of meditation. And we think that we got to go, you know, when we, we hear that, we go, oh, I can't go be a monk. Right. You know, I, gotta, I, I can't go to a monastery. We don't want to have you go to, go to a monastery unless you're just going to go there and have a desert day. Um, mm-hmm. You know, go live there. That's, that's not what we're really talking about today. But. All right, so that's the why. Somebody's listening going, okay, I got it. I haven't had this aspect of my life. Silence and solitude is not a part of my calendar and lifestyle. How do you have a desert day? I think the first thing you have to do is is, is saying, okay, I'm going to do it and get it on the calendar. I remember Kristen used to tell me all the time, uh, she would say to me, honey, you are so much better looking when you have a desert day. <laughs> because she knew that I would, I would come home and I would be you know more loving and and just a better guy mm-hmm. because I'm, I've been alone with God. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just get it on the calendar. And she, she would, she would tell me, honey, you just, you need to get a desert day on the calendar from where I'm sitting. You need to get a desert day on the calendar. <laughs> You're going to be more handsome. <laughs> All right. So get it on the uh, calendar. So, get, so, so get it on the calendar. And, and for some of you who are listening, you know, just get, just get a two to three, maybe a four hour day. Just so get, it, it may just, not just, be a whole absolutely. eight hour day. You might no. just have a baby step and say, okay, I'm going to next three hours. I'm yeah, just gonna... Absolutely. Okay. And, and so what, once you get it on the calendar, then uh, I would do a couple different things. Um, Many times Kristen would tell me, and she'd say, "Honey, I, you have you go to Starbucks and get a white chocolate mocha and just celebrate the greatness of God as you go to your desert day." I'm like, "Oh, really? I I like that." Now Jesus went to the desert day, and what did he do? He fasted for forty days. Mm-hmm. So so some of you might hear that, and you might you might want to fast. Um, some of you are listening. You, that's that's what God's leading you to do, and you're going to fast for half a day or for a day, and you're not going to you're not going to have anything to eat. You're going to maybe take some water, and that's all you're going to have. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to just take you're going to do some kind of Daniel thing, and you're going to take some vegetables mm-hmm. and some water, and that's it. They might want to fast from these little absolutely beautiful uh, little technolo- technological uh, advancements that we keep in our pocket called the phone. Which yes. that to me, if you said don't eat for a day, okay, <laughs> don't look at your phone for a day. Ooh, that would freak me out. Yeah, and that's so, not you know. So so you know, I encourage guys. Uh, you know, if they start if doing, if they're going to do a full desert day, and they they, they they got businesses to run or whatever, sure. I say okay, then at lunchtime, check your. Check your voicemail, check your email, check your texting or whatever, and your technology, and take a little time to do what you need. Because we, you know, we do. We some of us can't completely unplug. So unplug for that first. Uh, if you're going to do a whole day, unplug for part of that um, from your phone and all that technology. And at lunchtime, check it, deal with what you need to deal with, and then shut it back off. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there's a part of you inside will will get fidgety and I mean I and so when I get fidgety, there's a couple of things that I usually do. I'll, I'll go and do a prayer walk. Uh, I'll I'll just walk and get out of. A lot of times I go to a little cabin and I'll just go walk and and just kind of burn some energy. But at the same time, I'm trying to notice creation. I'm trying to um, commune with God, and I'm not really talking. Praying out loud, mm-hmm. um, most of the time I'm just reflecting and trying to hear His voice while I'm while I'm praying, and so I I typically will do um, in, in a desert day. I almost always will take a prayer walk, 
I'll almost always read a, a, a hunk of scripture. And I tell guys, you know, there's a, a, a bunch of ways to do that. Some, some of us need to just read a, the, the gospel of Mark. It's, it's the shortest gospel. And you just read through the gospel in, in that, on that desert day over, uh, you know, if you're going to be there three, four hours or, or seven or eight hours. And you read through the gospel. I, I've at times I've read out loud the book of Galatians, which is six chapters. Mm-hmm. The book of Ephesians, which is six, and the and the book of uh, Philippians, which is four. And just read them out loud. And there's something so powerful. I mean, I was at a complete alone place on a, a cabin overlooking a pond, and I was on the on the deck, and it was in the summertime, and I just stood stood there and read those over. Oh, you know, probably a couple hour period mm-hmm. and just reflected on that. What about the guy who's sitting there saying, that's good for you. I, I don't have a work day to get away from. I, I don't I'm in the middle of the city. I can't get away to the country for eight hours. How do you have a desert day in your own little world, whether it's your house, whether it's uh, in your workplace, not necessarily to spend four hours at work. But I mean, how can you do it a more a, a practical way? If you can't get away to the country, how can you do one? Um, I've been to Bernheim Forest, mm-hmm. uh, so go to a, a forest preserve. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'll sit in my car at the forest preserve, you know, if it's if it's raining, right. until the rain stops. Uh, you know, you ask God and say, you know, okay, I need to do this. What what are some creative things that I can do? So there's always a forest preserve that you can always go, uh, to, you know hiking and just stop and just be completely alone even if you're in the city and you have to go to there's places in the city where you can drive to a a business get out not loiter but and you can walk around (laughs) getting outside is the most one of the most important aspects of a desert day is that correct i mean it's Uh, not a desert day just mentally saying i got to get away but is there a certain aspect of getting away into god's creation away from the hustle and bustle for it to be a, a real desert day, I, I think that's 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 would be a better choice if, if it's possible. But sometimes, you know, for some for some people they can't, and so maybe it's it's clearing out the house, and I I, I don't like to do it at the house okay. because there's so many distractions, sure. and you know, oh I got to go clean this yep. or I got to go get this done, and and you know there's but but if there's no other option um, that day. And you can you can clear the house of the kids, or you know somehow you can be alone in the house. Then I would get a, set up a room that's try to be as as much as possible free of distractions. And then I always I'm, I'm gonna I'm always gonna read scripture, and I'm always gonna have time of prayer. And I almost always not always but most of the time uh, I'm gonna journal a little bit. And I'm gonna journal. I'm gonna say I'm gonna write the date down. Tell you what, hold that thought. I want to talk more about journaling. And, and kind of taking these things and not just randomness of your mind, but actually being specific with it and maybe helping guys to, to kind of record their thoughts and what, what God's telling us. Yes. We're going to take a break and we'll be back for our final segment on Solid Steps Radio, facebook.com forward slash Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our final segment of Solid Steps Radio radio we want to thank again our sponsor carol rogers carpet one ken martin and his crew if you're going to do any flooring needs for the 2016 please look them up Uh, a great bunch of folks and we thank them for their sponsorship of our show we've been spending the entire hour talking about having a desert day and for those of you who are tuning in 
A desert day is to get alone in the desert, turning off life as best you can. And that desert may not be a barren land. It might be a forest. It might be a park near your home. But we've been talking about the whys of a desert day. Now we're finishing up maybe talking about the the how-tos of a desert day. And there was one thing that as, as a guy, I always think about there's two ways to pretty much screw anything up. It's <laughs> There's probably more. But <laughs> well, it falls into these two categories for the most part. Too much of or too little. And I want to talk about expectations of having a desert day. Yeah, I think sometimes we can have a, expectations that that you know we're going to this grandiose you know something huge is going to happen and God's going to have this burning bush experience you mm-hmm. know, and we, we have to remember that um, Moses did have the burning burning bush experience he mm-hmm. did, but he was in for forty years in the desert watching sheep, um, basically a lot of silence and solitude before he had the burning bush experience, mm-hmm. and. Um, there's a biblical principle: you reap what you sow, and uh, whatever you sow, you know. Growing up on a farm, you plant corn in April. You don't see anything or no harvest until September, October, mm. November. You got to wait all those months. And there's a, the biblical principle of if you have a desert day, don't expect too much in one sense. Mm-hmm. And and you were going to comment on we can screw it up. What was the well, other? Well, there's two. The expectation of having these too high of expectations. Yes. And then the other area is having too low of an expectation of a desert day. God doesn't have anything He wants to say to me. I'm gonna, I'm just going to go there and you know I just be bored all day and um and and you know what sometimes that might happen a little bit and so I think there's some there's some things there's almost every desert day that I've taken. In the last 16 years, and I've done 150 to 200 of them, I would say the vast majority of them, I, I have taken a, a little nap. Hmm. John, I read, I read this years ago. John Orberg said, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap. And uh, so, so rest. If you're going to be, you know, I lay on the couch and, but many times I I bring my journal right next to me because when I wake up or right in the middle of, um, just kind of dozing off many times, God gives me a nugget of truth that I need to hear. It's not an audible sound to hear, right? Some people think, do I hear something audible? But just hearing God's voice. It's just hearing him speak truth into your in your life. Right? That's right, and and, and almost always it, it it's it correlates with scripture. It's coming from the truth of scripture, mm-hmm. and it, it will never contradict scripture. Right, and and so, but I, I almost start off every desert day and just say, Hey God, here I am, and I I know what you have in store for me today, but I'm here alone, and I want to hear from you. And today it's it's only going to be five to six hours. Um, sometimes it's you know more to eight to nine hours. Sometimes it's a half a desert day. It's only uh, you know uh, three to four hours. But I almost always say, God, I, I just want to hear from you today. I need to hear from you, and I, I want to hear your voice. Mm-hmm. And um, and and sometimes it's this a little bit more of a burning bush kind of experience. And I, I mean not a burning bush, but you know pretty it's pretty cool. And I'll go home and I'll, I'll tell the family, wow, that was cool. And then other days it's, it's like, well, you know, <laughs> you know, I read uh, the book of Nehemiah today and I just need to be faithful and mm-hmm. uh, under dire circumstances or, you know, difficult circumstances. Right. And there's no big profound, you know, nugget of truth. It's just stay the course. 
Kurt, stay the course. Well, you, you learn how to do things by doing things, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's how you learn to do them. So if someone says, I don't know how to pray, I don't know how to read the Bible, I don't know how to do desert days, you, you doing them will help you learn about how doing them. Absolutely. And I, and, and there's so many times where I failed, where I've picked up my phone and all of a sudden I, I've spent the next hour and a half doing texting and emails and returning phone calls and got frantic. And, and I, I would go home and, you know, Kristen would, used to say, how, you know, how was it? And I'm going, it wasn't that, it wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. You know, I had this emergency phone call and somebody died and I got to, had to do stuff or, yeah, I, things happen, you know, and they they call the pastor and they need help, you know, and so sometimes these desert days, again, we have to go into it with very sober expectations. We cannot go into an expectation of it being the burning bush experience. It's going to be a mountaintop burning a bush experience for eight hours. You set yourself up for failure for having that expectation. Absolutely. The other error is having too low of expectations that I'm not going to hear from God. And that he's not going to speak to me, and that my Father in heaven doesn't have anything to say to me. And that's that's not true, right? Because he does. He loves us. He Jesus died for us. He wants us to commune with him. And so that's why you know during the break we were talking about th- things that I almost non negotiable that I have a part of my desert day. Uh, always will have scripture. Take your Bible with you. Take my Bible. I I will always have some level of prayer um almost always journal i'll I'll journal sometimes it's 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 significant and sometimes it's only a half a page Mm -hmm. um uh, i will always have a christian some solid christian literature and not not some light and fluffy stuff but stuff that, and typically I like to, I like to read older stuff, you know, like C.S. Lewis or some Dallas Willard stuff or Richard Foster. Um, I enjoy John Ortberg, um, who, who challenges me in my in my walk. And then I'm almost, I, I have to have a, a level of meditation and reflection of of what I'm reading, studying. Maybe I'm memorizing a verse or two or whatever. Um, I'm praying. I want to reflect on, what, okay, God, what are you saying? And that's where it's just I'm, I'm trying to just be still and listen. Mm-hmm. And uh, that might be through a prayer walk, though. Mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm just listening as I'm, I'm walking. And then sometimes I, I incorpor- incorporate a, a little worship where I'll do some singing. Mm-hmm. And nobody has to hear my horrible voice. <laughs> <laughs> so the term joyful noise. Yeah, joyful noise. Emphasis that's it. on noise. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's really interesting how many times in the book of Psalms uh, that the psalmist is saying, sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing, sing, sing. And uh, over and over again, he mentions where to sing. And so... Um, so taking all of these, some of these elements, I, I think that that meditation, reflection, whether it's journaling, something like that, that's one of those things that if you take all those items with you, but you don't think, meditate, you know, chew on something mentally, yeah. that's where you kind of lose out a little bit of an opportunity to do one of these. Absolutely. And, and what will happen is if you don't, if you don't re- meditate and reflect, and when I do that, I try, when I sense that God is, is having me reflect on and meditate upon, I try to jot, jot it down on so, the, on, in the journal so that I can go back and read it again, because I will forget. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, meditation really is, it's like chewing the cud. So, you know, growing up on a farm, we, I, I watch cows all day long and they're chewing the cud. 
And that means they're eating it, but then they're, they're bringing it right back up and they're going to chew it again. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's meditation. That's reflection. Uh, biblical, biblically. Talk a little bit about the next couple of minutes we've got left here about the last time you went out on, you, you were journaling and some of the things, something tangible that happened. You know, I, I had been uh, wanting to do for a while a study, a word study on favor, the favor of God, because when the favor of God is with you, I mean, anything, I mean, nothing can stop you. I heard Bob Russell say, you can be the most intelligent guy and you can be this great gifted preacher, and, but the favor of God trumps everything. So you can be a mediocre, you know, whatever, but if the favor of God is upon you, the sky's the limit. You know, so I, I, so I did a word study on the favor of God, and it was just absolutely awesome. Who gets the favor of God and who doesn't get the favor of God? Mm-hmm. And I, I you know, came away with uh, just three real quick bullet points. The favor of God, when, when we live rightly before him, with honesty, humility, and we're refreshing others, and we are living this righteous life, then we begin to experience his favor. Uh, we also experience his favor when we ask for it in conjunction with right living. And, uh, and then when we pursue wisdom, um, the Bible says in Proverbs, when we pursue wisdom, we, we begin to gain the favor of God. And when you look at David, David was one of those guys who had the favor of God. Noah found favor with God. Um, Abraham found favor with God. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. And so just hearing all of that, it's hard to pick up all of that in a 15-minute devotional in the morning. Can't do it. Impossible. And, and it's not to say that 15 minutes are bad because it's better than no minutes, but the reality of it is this is for you to get away and say, hey, I really want to you know, strengthen and flex those muscles spiritually. Yeah. And hmm. so, yeah. So, you know, there's been times where I would read um, a, a book, First John. It's got five chapters. Uh, to, to really, really get a grip on a handle, I, I listened to a preacher years ago, and he said, you need to read the book 40 times. Like, 40 times? you got to be kidding. Over and over and over again. But if you, at a desert day, you really want to get a handle on a book of the Bible, the book of James, or, you know, which is, you know, just a few chapters, just read the book of James um, one, two, three, four, five, six times during that desert day. I'll guarantee you that God will speak to you. And God, there'll be one little phrase, one little word, maybe, that He will have, that that you can take home, and it, and just like for me, this last word was favor of God, hmm. and it was powerful. It was awesome. Why don't you bring us home with prayer, uh, Lord? Thank you for um, Jesus, your example of a desert day, and you didn't take one; you took forty, forty in a row. So, Lord, help us as we are Christ followers. Help us to take a time out and uh, take a half a desert day or a full desert day and help us to know how to be still and know that you're God, that we can live with your power and your authority. We can live victoriously, um, not perfect. Uh, we're going to blow it, but we need you. And uh, help us to be people who be still and know that you're God. And um, Lord, we need your favor. As a people, we need your favor. So help us to trust in you and to walk with you, Jesus. And we pray this in your glorious name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. Solid Steps Radio, facebook.com forward slash Solid Steps Radio on WFIA.